inspiring and equipping you to live the life you're destined to live. This is the Ascend Men Podcast. Hi, this is Alan Colley, your podcast host, and today I'm talking with Steve Campbell, lead pastor at the C3 Church. A Wirral man, Steve, with his wife Angie, moved to Cambridge in 1994 to lead the C3 team. Steve's greatest passion is the local church, and he loves to challenge people's mindsets of what church should be like. Steve and Angie are the national directors of Global Leadership Network, UK and Ireland, and Steve is the chaplain to the mayor of Cambridge City. As well as a Liverpool football club fanatic, Steve is crazy about fly fishing, has featured in a recent rap video, and will gladly take on anybody at table tennis. Hi, Steve. Hi, Alan. Thank you for that introduction. I appreciate it. A fanatic Liverpool Football Club. I don't know whether I'd go that far, but um, I certainly love the team and uh, table tennis. Increasingly, you know, I am challenging people, but I've been beaten a few times lately and I'm not a happy man. <laughs> I love it. The competitive spirit. So uh, let's start off thinking about football. Um, so uh, we're going to lead off with our usual quick fire questions. Go for it. So um, first of all, let's imagine you could spend a day fishing or watching Liverpool win at football, what's in the net, a ball or a giant carp? Ooh, great. Giant carp. Because I've... I, can I go further with that? I mean, I caught a 20-pounder this year, but once you've caught one that size, you want to get one a bit bigger. So, um, yeah, whereas I, I'd like to catch more fish above 20 pounds. That's carp fishing, not fly fishing. You don't get many, if any, 20-pound uh, uh, trout. But I'd like to do that, yeah, rather than the football. Great. Second question, Marmite, love it or hate it? Uh, love it. And if I asked one of your school friends what you were like, what three things would they tell me about the teenage Steve Campbell? Wow, what a great question. The teenage Steve Campbell. Um, number one, they would have said that I was then a little bit fanatical about Jesus. <laughs> um, I had all kinds of nicknames at school, uh, especially towards the end. Uh, I had an encounter with God that changed me. So the, so one, one guy used to call me Jesus. Uh, the others called me Billy Graham. So they would say I was fanatical. That's one thing. Um, second thing they would have said, I was very keen on fishing because I was going every weekend at that point that I could on, on Saturdays, never on Sundays. So they said I was fanatical about fishing. And I think the other thing they would have said was, I think... Uh, this was in my testimonial when I left school. Uh, a very keen sense of humour. They probably wouldn't have said it about, like that, but I was always at the middle of anything to do with a joke. Well, it's great to, to know those haven't changed and they've just all developed even more. That's, uh, that's great to hear. We're recording this just before Christmas and this will go out over New Year, so I'm really keen to hear about how you're looking forward and how you're going to lead our church into 2023. Yeah, I'm genuinely excited about 2023 and that's probably come... Um, from my own recent reading in the scriptures, I've been, I'm going to say this on New Year's Day, so this is New Year's Eve, you're getting a, a sneak preview. My personal readings have been in the book of Isaiah these last few weeks, and Isaiah's a funny book. <laughs> it's not that easy to understand, and it's, it's typical of prophetic books where it talks about the immediate, but it also talks about the ultimate, and trying to work out which is immediate, which is ultimate, is never easy. Um, and of course, there's these shafts of light, if I can say it in that way, that are talking about the Messiah. Uh, so I've been 
enjoying reading it? Is that too strong a word? Because I've gone back to it time and again, saying, "Why? What's that talking about? What's that applied to?" But there are these shafts of light um, which talk about the Messiah, and I've been caught afresh with them, and the kind of if it's about anything, it's about hope. Um, and particularly the hope of the one who's going to come, who, who did come, we believe in Jesus. You know, we're reading it now, I'm, I'm past this, but Isaiah 9, on the government will be upon his shoulders. And, it, and it's excited me again, um, and I'm going to be speaking on Sunday, or have done, on Isaiah 61. Um, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll read some of that to you. Because this, this really, it's so well known, but it's gripped me again. And these are the words that Jesus used when he started his ministry. And I think this is this is the mission of God. Uh, and I think it's very important to say, we as a church, what am I excited about for us as a church? I'm excited that we get to be involved in God's mission. You know, we're, we're not the mission. We've been given the privilege of working with God on his mission. And this is it. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And I honestly think that it, it is the spiritually poor because Jesus said blessed are the poor in spirit but it's not just the spiritually poor it is the poor of our world we've got we've got to have good news for them I mean physically poverty he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and if any of you heard me speak this last Sunday on our Christmas services I focus on that word favor Again, that's caught me how much it's involved in the, in the Christmas narrative. Favour to all men, favour to Mary, peace on earth, favour to, you know, everyone, the gospel for all. In this, Isaiah 61 says, and the day of vengeance of our God. I find that really interesting because in Luke 4, when Jesus uses this passage to announce his ministry, he doesn't mention that. He doesn't mention the day of vengeance of our God. And most commentators agree it's because he's, he's, he's proclaiming, he's announcing what his ministry is while he's here on the earth. And the day of vengeance is the, the day of judgment. And he, he didn't come initially with the day of judgment in mind, but well, he did, but that's the ultimate, the return of Jesus. So we're in this year, so it's a prolonged season, and it just says one day of vengeance. So I, I'm just struck with, we're in the year of the Lord's favour. We've still got opportunity for people to hear this good news, which is being released from captivity and darkness and prisoners and all of that. Uh, it goes on to say, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, and to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, garments of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And I love this, this divine exchange that goes on. And I, no other message, honestly, I'm going to preach now, no other message on the face of God's earth can make these promises nothing else can give you joy instead of mourning nothing else can give you um this sense of uh, 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 beauty instead of ashes uh, literally it's sort of a crown of of of, uh, of beauty instead of ashes nothing else can do that and so I, I think the gospel endeavor that we've been entrusted with is the only endeavor it's the only cause on the face of god's earth that will ultimately triumph and, and that can sound very triumphalistic Maybe it is, because I believe this one will win out. You know, we've read the end. We know the end. We do know there's a day of vengeance, so I don't want to downplay that. 
but we're in this period of favor. So what a great message to say to people. And then it goes on to say, and I won't read much more, they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the law for the display. They will rebuild. And I've asked my, myself the question, who are the they? And we are the they. <laughs> so we're the ones who had the, the morning that's been turned into joy. We're the ones who had the spirit of despair, but now we've got a spirit of lightness. So, so we are the they. This has been entrusted to us. So, so I'm really caught with that. It was Jesus's mission, but it's our mission and it's for us. So I'm very excited by that. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> and those who are listening can't see it, but I can see it across the table here. There's a definite sense of excitement. There is. So, um, you know, just, just conscious of that. That's a great word for the season. But what, what for 2023? This is a, a men's podcast. What have we got um, in your heart for 2023 for particularly our men's ministry, but in general in the church? Sure. Well, if I, if I can use this passage again and go on to what it says, um, it says, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. It doesn't take us a lot to look out and see devastations all around us, whether that be families, whether that be finances, whether that be poverty, everywhere we look, in our own nation and across the world. And, and by the way, another thing I'm going to say um, on Sunday is the, the results for the 2021 uh, census in England and Wales were very depressing from a Christian perspective. If you read them, I can't remember the exact figures, but 46% now, so less than 50% of the nation say that they are Christians. It's the first time in a census that it's gone below half. So no longer, I say no longer, we've ne never really believed this. We're not a Christian nation. We can't really say we are. We may be foundationally, but not practically now. Uh, um, and so that's disappointing. Five million people since the last census 10 years ago, uh, it's now a difference in numbers who are saying that they're Christians. So when you look here in the UK, it's quite depressing. God isn't British, <laughs> and God isn't African either, or um, or Asian. But if you look at the global South, the church is still growing. The church globally is still beyond the birth rate. So the church is still doing very well. In other words, people are turning from darkness to light, all these promises. So I want to challenge people to say, don't be depressed. Let's be realistic. We've got some challenges on our hands in our own nation. But we're part of a global movement a global church, and it's doing very well, so let's celebrate that. And particularly, if I might say, in our kind of charismatic Pentecostal churches, they're the ones that have seen a lot of growth. But I want to say to us, I want to say to the men, if you're the they, please go and rebuild ancient ruins. Where you see it, if there are families in disarray, we've got a message, guys, we've got a message to go into there and say, no, this could be better. If you see businesses, so I, one of the other hats that I wear, you, you know this, Alan, and the guys listening is, is GLN, Global Leadership Network. What I love about that with the Global Leadership Summit is how it equips us for leadership in all spheres. Um, I, I, I am called to do what I do, but everyone isn't, and I don't want everyone to be called. I want to this. I want people to be called into every sphere of education and medicine and art and everywhere. And these ancient ruins are out there. We can go and rebuild them in those contexts. And I don't think we should be afraid of them. We should go in with a confidence, not an arrogance, because an arrogance puts people off, but a confidence. We feel we've got something to say to the family, to the business uh, to the arts that's in, in disarray, we can speak into it. So I'm excited 
in that and to equip people for that in this next year. Yeah, what a great message of hope. You said um, about the, the results being depressing, and, and but, but there's a real message of hope there for Absolutely. the UK yeah. um, and, and the whole world. But uh, yeah. in, in, in the daily um, commute that people have got, in the places that they go to work, yeah. um, in, in all spheres of life, that we can all lead and we can all uh, lead people to, into the kingdom Absolutely. Um, as, as part of our, our responsibilities. Yeah, we are. We, let's never forget, we are the salt of the, of the world. And some people have said to me in the past, how can I be more salty or how can I be salt? We just have to be more fully who we are in Christ. You know, that, let's, let's be, that, that's what we are. We don't have to try and be it. We are that. It's just increasingly letting the world see that. So it is. It's a day of opportunity. And, and if there's one word you would love to use at the end of 2023 to sum the year up, hmm. what would that word be? I guess, and you need to put some definition around this, but I guess the word would be, first word that comes into my head, is fruitful. Um, fruit that will last so as it abides, you know, I think that's fruitful. The word we're using this year, sneak peek uh, preview, is the word sent for us as a church. And we feel like we've chosen that to remind us. I think there can be a good emphasis. So this isn't a bad emphasis, but it's not the only emphasis on the church being family. So we are. The New Testament uses familiar language. But there's a danger in that, that family also becomes a little bit inward looking. So I, I think it's not, not original to me. I think it was New Frontiers that first used this. Uh, and I like it. We're a family on a mission. So you've got to keep those together. And I would like to say, end of 2023, wow, that was fruitful. Great. Steve, we want to thank you for leading us, thank uh, you. for the, your clarity of vision, for your heart. Um, and we, we just really appreciate you. And I'll say that on behalf of all the guys who are Thank listening you, to this, um, that, that we want to hold you and we want to follow you. Uh, but we want to be alongside you as well. We don't want to be traipsing along with you somehow forging a way ahead. We want to be alongside you. Yeah. Um, and so uh, for those of us who can afford a bit of time, um, help us help us to know what we can do to make a difference. Thank don't you. be afraid to ask. Thank you. Because um, we're, you, we're here to serve you and serve the church. Uh, and ultimately serve Christ as uh, as he does that rebuilding. And we, we are facilitators of the rebuilding of, of so mm -hmm. many institutions that, and, and areas of life that have yeah. been broken. Well, likewise, Alan, I, I, I appreciate you saying that, but thank you for the way you head up as men and all that you do in the church. You've been a, a great encouragement to us. You know, we fed 250 people in a kitchen last weekend, didn't we? Your wife was involved in cooking there and some of the guys. Um, but I know you headed up that project, which was very practical, but you got it over a line and now we're feeding hundreds of people every week and that kitchen serves us. So thank you. I'm just using that as an example because I always laud you and the great job you did there, but all the men that you work with as well. Um, it's, it's really appreciated. Thank you. Be blessed, Steve. Thank you. That's it for this Ascend Men podcast. If you've enjoyed this content, please share it with a mate. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. Together, we are stronger.